Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast, a Canadian real estate podcast that shows you how to pay off your mortgage sooner and live well while doing it. Now, here's your host, Sean Cooper. Welcome to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. I'm Sean Cooper, and it's great to be back for another episode. On today's show, I'll be talking to Enoch Amulalu. Enoch is a personal finance enthusiast and veterinarian. He has a master's degree in finance and investment management from the University of Aberdeen Business School and has a passion for helping others win with their finances. As a first-time homebuyer in Canada, Enoch learned a lot about the intricacies of buying a home in Canada and has written about his experiences and other personal finance topics on his blog, SavvyNewCanadians.com. His writing has been featured or quoted in some of the top personal finance publications in Canada, including the Globe and Mail, Toronto Star, MSN Money, and the Financial Post. In my interview with Enoch, we discuss buying a home as a new Canadian, getting a mortgage as a new Canadian, and top tips for making the mortgage process go smoother as a new Canadian. But before we get to this week's episode, I just wanted to say a few words about the current coronavirus situation. As you probably noticed, I've taken a bit of a hiatus on the podcast to focus on my family during this difficult time. There will be better times ahead of us. Hopefully, sooner rather than later, things will get back to normal. I've been getting through this time by watching some of the late night shows. I just find that they're more entertaining to watch rather than the news right now. As my favorite late night host, Seth Myers would say, Stay safe, wash your hands, we love you. Without further ado, here's my interview with Enoch Amulolu. Hi Enoch, how are you doing today? Hey Sean, I'm doing very well, thank you. I'm looking forward to the uh, podcast. Great, well let's get started. So can you tell me, when did you come to Canada and why? So I basically came into Canada in 2011. It was in the winter, actually, of uh, 2011, just before the winter, December the 13th of 2011. And I had come with my spouse uh, just because I I was uh, enrolling in a program at the University of Manitoba, and I was on a scholarship and a fellowship at that time. So basically, I came into Canada as a student, and I came for studies. Great. And I guess you ended up staying the last uh, several years and kind of made a life for yourself in Winnipeg then. Yes, after my studies, actually during my studies, during the second year of my master's degree at the U of M, I got a job with the uh, province of Manitoba, basically the provincial government, and I have been working there uh, ever since. Great. And for the listeners that aren't familiar with Winnipeg, maybe you could just briefly talk about Winnipeg, the city of Winnipeg, and about perhaps the affordability of real estate as well, because I complained about cities like Toronto, Vancouver, is that uh, the wages are not really affordable with the level of home prices. But I've heard that Winnipeg is a lot more affordable than Toronto. So perhaps you could just talk a bit about the economy in Winnipeg, what are some of the main economic drivers, and just briefly talk about the real estate market and the affordability of uh, housing there. Yeah, so Winnipeg is uh, is basically the city that the uh, capital city of uh, Manitoba. 
it's in central Canada. Winnipeg is a thriving city of about eight, roughly 800,000 residents. And you have a couple other uh, large cities uh, in Manitoba, including Brandon and Steinbach and a, a couple others. Basically, the, I would say the, the drivers, the economic drivers in Winnipeg would be services in general. So services are like the services or sector. That being said, Manitoba as a whole has a very large agriculture economy, so industry, agricultural industry. So one of the drivers of the economy here is definitely agriculture. Uh, with regards to real estate, I think compared to places like Toronto and Vancouver, absolutely Winnipeg is on the lower side of things, like on the cheaper side of uh, things uh, with regards to real estate. Last I checked, it's, it's been a while, but I think last I checked, the average uh, cost of a home here would be probably in the low 300000 thereabouts, maybe even less. So that's much less than the average uh, home price in Canada, which is, I think, around uh, the half a million uh, mark. Yes, it's certainly lower than the average home price in Toronto and Vancouver. Sounds <coughs> like uh, Sounds like a lot more affordable place to live. Absolutely. I, I, I do think so, too. Great. Well, moving right along, can you talk about your experience buying a home as a new Canadian and what was the mortgage process like? So, yeah, my, my experience was, I've actually written a lot about my experience buying a home in Canada. And the reason for that is because it was challenging. My experience was challenging, tough, an eye-opener. Yeah, call it what you will, but Basically, I realized pretty quick when we decided we were going to buy a home that things were much different in Canada. So some of the questions that we had to answer right away uh, included like how much house can we afford? What's the real estate market doing? Was this a good time to buy? What type of house, location, no starter home, forever home, rent versus buy? Are we moving soon? How much do we need for your own uh, down payment? So, so many of these questions to me were not things I was really considering at the time until we actually decided we were going to buy a home. And then uh, once we kind of took the first step, which was to approach our bank and they told us, oh, you know what, you guys are going to get uh, this great mortgage rate. Then we also kind of realized that, that you know what, it's it's different from what we, we, we had planned out uh, on earlier. So we have to basically start comparing our mortgage rates Go, go online, visit a credit union, see what rates they are to offer, face the, just, just the, uh, the, the mortgage brokers, they kind of weren't so, I wasn't familiar with them at all. So I, I was kind of skeptical that if these guys are actually legit. So all, all of that mixed together really was a tough, challenging time, just trying to decide on what to do without basically uh, making serious mistakes. Eventually, we, we went with a credit union. It had been referred to me by a friend and they gave me a better rate, much better rate than my traditional bank. So basically, my, my bank was giving me a rate that was around 500 basis points higher than what the credit union, union was offering. So we eventually went with the, with the credit union. That being said, I was able to get a slightly low, lower rate with a mortgage broker at the time, but I, was, I think I was just too scared to even consider it. I, I, kind, I kind of, just speaking to somebody I had only chatted with online, I felt a bit, it felt a bit weird. Just being a bit risk averse, we went with the credit union and that was how the mortgage process went for us. But between starting off and getting our first mortgage pre-approval, we had a lot of questions to answer. So that was fairly challenging at the time. Well, I'm glad to hear that you made it through the process and certainly, I guess, 
part of the challenging part was just getting used to the financial system and the whole process of buying a home in Canada, because I would imagine that it would be totally different from like back home when you're, where you're originally from, correct? Yes. So I, I'm originally from Nigeria. And but when I had left Nigeria, the, the, the house purchasing process was a bit different. It's now, based on what I hear now, it's much similar to Canada now, like uh, the mortgage process and all of that. But back then, it was a bit different. So the, getting mortgages was uh, not very common. And most people either bought a house outright or they basically built it from scratch. So I, I personally, just based on what my parents did and what I had experience, I had, I had no experience uh, with a mortgage because we uh, basically built our house uh, from scratch and it was fully funded by my parents. So, But then that was possible because it's not as costly as buying a house here. I, I, I think just the average Canadian probably can't just put down that entire lump sum and buy a house outright. So yes, the, the mortgage process was new uh, to me at the time. Great. Thanks so much for walking the listeners through that. Now, following up on that question, can you talk about some of the specific challenges that new Canadians face when getting a mortgage and how do they overcome them? Now, being a mortgage broker myself, some of the challenges that I see are around credit because being a new Canadian, you don't have that credit history in Canada and it's difficult to perhaps get your credit history recognized in different countries in the world. So perhaps you could talk about that as well as lenders typically want to see the down payment money in your bank account in Canada within a certain number of days, like 30 or 90 days. Perhaps you could just talk about uh, stuff like that and some of the chal- some of the specific challenges that you've seen and perhaps other people that you've heard about as well. Yeah, I think the, f- the first thing that actually struck me was the different uh, terminologies, uh, like the mortgage terminologies. So when I started talking about uh, getting a mortgage, I quickly realized that I needed to basically go study the, the basics. So, so the, the terminologies, the lingua franca, if you will. Like, so things like mortgage payments, prepayments, mot- monthly repayments, prepayment penalties, mortgage porting, amortization, all of those things were strange, strange um, terms to me. So I quickly realized that I didn't know the difference between a fixed and a variable mortgage and open and closed mortgages. And I was, once I jumped online to kind of do some research, so I basically had to start from there, understand what the, 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 the terms, what they actually meant. Uh, the second thing is, and this is also, I, I, I can kind of gather this from also speaking with other new Canadians, is that Canadians, new Canadians generally default to their bank. And I did the same as well. So I kind of went to my, where I had my checking account first to ask them what the mortgage rate was. If I had gone with my bank, I would have paid basically uh, 500 basis points uh, higher than what I am paying right now, which is a lot of money when you actually consider the mortgage amounts and the number of years you actually pay that extra interest interest rate. So that's one thing I have re- realized is getting a competitive rate becomes a bit tougher when you are a new Canadian and you have no idea what the options are. So you don't know that there are online platforms where you can actually compare rates. There are mortgage brokers who basically can cut their costs because they have less overhead and they have more people to shop around uh, from. And also, particularly when you have a, a minimum or you have a limited credit history in Canada, those are some of the challenges that I, I have found. Uh, secondly, it's also with regards to the financial, like the financial priorities, basically. So, so new Canadians also have to basically look at their finances, uh, determine if they can actually afford a home. 
So like what, what I tell people is check your earnings, like your monthly earnings versus your expenses. How much do you have left? Do you actually need to buy a home or is renting going to be more uh, affordable until you are in a better financial situation? And just all of those things are going into the mortgage process itself because the, the bank or the lender looks at all of these things to determine if you should or if they can lend you money and not be worse off for it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, of, of stuff that comes up once you get started as a, new, new, um, a newcomer in Canada, but then as you walk away along the, the process, uh, those things become clear. Hopefully you don't get burned uh, during your first time. That's a great summary. Thanks so much for explaining that. And I'm just wondering if you could touch quickly on credit again and your experience as well. Was it challenging for you from a credit perspective uh, when getting a mortgage or did you, or did somebody give you the advice of like, uh, did you initially take out like a secured credit card? Like how did you build your Canadian credit history and how did that play into getting a mortgage for yourself? So by, by the time I, uh, we applied for a mortgage, I already had a, a fairly, a fairly uh, good credit score, but that's because we purchased our first home, uh, what, how many years now? That was um, four years after uh, arriving in, almost four years after arriving in Canada. So initially what I had done as a student was to take out a secured credit card with my bank. And yeah, that, 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 that was strange as well because I was kind of, it was kind of funny that I had to put down money, put it in a savings account, and then they gave me a credit card that I, I could use and spend up to the limit of my deposit. So that was, it was, that was a bit, it took some time for me to get used to that idea. But I think over, over time that was very helpful because it meant I was building a credit score from basically like the, the second month of me arriving in Canada. After some time, that really helped my credit rating because I was very well aware that I needed to pay off my balance in full every month and show that I wasn't using too much of my credit uh, limits. So keeping it under 30% and a host of other credits usage, uh, good credit usage skills that I actually learned early on. So when I actually approached the bank, they asked me to give them the, the authorization to basically run my credit uh, score and or credit history. And then they gave me a rate that they said was pretty great. So the same, the same applied to the credit union and the brokers I spoke to online. So I think that, that that helps a lot. That being said, new Canadians can find it challenging because if you are buying a house right after you actually arrive in Canada, then the potential is that the banks would not really consider your foreign credit rating. So if you don't have that as if you don't have a, have a credit score in Canada, then it means you are either willing to pay a considerable amount of uh, down payment or and or you don't get a competitive rate and or you don't get a mortgage uh, offer or pre-approval at all. It, it, it varies, depends on your other financial situations and things you have, you, you can, your other assets and your other, um, the fa- other factors that the banks uh, look at. Yeah, thanks so much for explaining that. And speaking with new Canadians, I talk about the 222 rules. The 222 rule is that when getting a mortgage, generally lenders are looking for at least two years of credit history and two credit accounts, like two credit cards uh, with at least a $2,000 credit limit. I would say once you get to Canada, initially, even if you can just get a secured credit card, that's uh, fine to start, but at least try to get two credit cards and build the history of making your payments uh, on time. And 
if you do that for a couple of years, then it will go a long way to building your credit history. And then you can, when you want to buy a property, you can apply for a mortgage and get the best available rates at that point in time. So that would be my advice. But did you have any other tips uh, that you want to share to make the mortgage process smoother for new Canadians? Other tips that I would also advise is making sure you get a pre-approval. Just that gives you uh, more, um, makes you legit basically when you approach the realtor and when you actually go to check on, on homes as well, makes them know that you are, you are, you are a serious buyer. Also, I uh, would advise that you save as much as you can. So like people always often just toss around 5%, just as long as you have 5%, then you, sh- you should be able to buy your home. I always advise people to uh, save as much as they can. So the more you have on hand to put down as a down payment, then the better for you because you are going to save on interest fees, you have peace of mind, you save on uh, the mortgage default insurance and all of that uh, extra expenses that comes uh, along with buying a home. Also, given my experience, actually, I, I would also say definitely shop around. So shop around for the best rates you can find and just make sure, make sure you read the small prints. Like, Many a mortgage can be very different in rate and offer the same terms, but then because it's offered through a broker doesn't mean it's less effective or less secure as the one you get from your bank. So basically having that taking that risk or taking that extra effort of just basically looking around and not just defaulting to your uh, traditional bank just because you have your checking account there. So save yourself some money and do some research. Great advice. What would you do differently if you were buying another home in the future? Yeah, one thing I would definitely uh, do different is uh, make sure I actually get a reference for the realtor I use, or or at least use uh, a realtor that uh, that comes uh, highly referenced or um, highly recommended, and or not even go go with a realtor at all, just because I have the experience now. So when we actually got our home, I think we. We didn't get a. We didn't use a very very good realtor because he was basically trying to rush us into just buying any home. So that that kind of made the process a bit tacky because we really had to like push back and you know we want we want to look at several homes, just not pick any home. So I think this person just wanted to get the job done and get his uh, commission and move move on to the next client. But that's uh, something you don't want to get into because you really want to take your time to ensure you you are get, getting the the best value for your book. Really, that's uh, one, one aspect I would look into more closely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, as mentioned, buying a, a property is the single biggest purchase of your lifetime. You probably don't want to just buy the first home that you see, even if it seems like a very nice home. I would say at least take a look at five or 10 properties because the first property that you could see seems nice, but you need some time to think about it and you just need to see what else is out there. It's like going to buy a, a a vehicle at a car dealership, uh, probably not a good idea to buy the first vehicle that you see on the lot. Same thing I would say with real estate. The first home that you see may seem good, but just see what else is out there and do your due diligence. And if anything, it can help give you that peace of mind that yes, it's a great property or you might see something better and decide to go with another home. But yeah, definitely I would say look at more than one home. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Great. So uh, earlier we talked about some of the mistakes or things to avoid when it comes to mortgages, but you know, can you talk about some mistakes to avoid when buying a home? Yeah, absolutely. I think one, one thing to definitely look out for is never buy a, a home that you can't afford. So oftentimes the, the lender would uh, approve a new home buyer with more money than, than uh, they should actually spend. 
having that approval doesn't mean you actually have to spend all of that money. Personally, personally, I I just advise people, you know what, if you approve for um, say four hundred thousand dollars or something like that, spend plan to spend about eighty eighty percent of that. And also, while you are determining determining how much you should spend, then maybe also do your uh, like, like your financial ratios, like your gross debt service ratio, the total debt service ratios. Be sure that you're actually not overextending yourself. Like the, the, basically, the, the, the lenders typically do these ratios uh, before they give you the money. But sometimes they use the they they, they stretch it. Sometimes, like I, I feel sometimes they just approve people for more money than they should actually be giving them, and then you go ahead pay for uh, all of these assets, like your home, and then you are basically house poor because now you can afford to do other things. You just have to pay your mortgage every month, and that's all you can afford to do. So spend only what you feel and what you believe is going to give you some comfort and peace of mind. Uh, secondly, try and get the right people on your team. Earlier, I spoke about uh, real estate, uh, realtors or real estate agents. Try and get the best lawyer you can find, a good home inspector, insurance broker. Ask other people who have gone through the process, uh, see what they, uh, what they recommend. And like look at reviews online, check what you can, just try and get the, the best people, people who are going to give you good service. All, one other thing I, I have seen people actually fall for is the mortgage uh, life insurance sold by lenders. So I see that mortgage life insurance uh, as a waste of money, really. But it's a declining benefit. As you pay down your uh, own, your own mortgage, the, the benefit keeps declining. But your expenses, like your monthly premiums, never, don't decrease. So instead of uh, a mortgage life insurance, I advise people just go for uh, a regular life insurance. If you if your aim is to protect your dependents, if uh, you pass suddenly, so they can pay off uh, whatever is left on your mortgage. Uh, in that case, with the life insurance, they they pay whatever the balance is, and then they they still have some money to use as they as they wish or as required. So in addition to that, is also uh, closing costs. Everybody talks about home down payment. Uh, you should keep have a minimum of 5% home down payment. But then one other thing you also need to keep in mind is the closing costs, which can run anywhere from 1.5% to 4% and maybe even more than that. The money you're going to spend on the property taxes, the legal fees, the property appraisals, home inspection, title insurance, mortgage default insurance, PST or HST on, on those costs and all of that really adds up fast. So you should plan for that before you actually uh, go ahead and buy your home. So that should be part of the money you're actually saving for a down payment. So it should be in your budget that you are going to spend that money for sure. No, great advice. And were you prepared for the closing costs or did you get ca- caught off guard by that? Just to be clear with the closing costs, your mortgage lender won't cover that. You have to keep that money aside and not put it towards the deposit and down payment. But did you, uh, through your research, did you understand that you had to put that money aside or were you a bit surprised by the closing costs and how quickly they added up? So I, I was aware that I needed to keep some uh, closing costs, but I definitely wasn't prepared to, for how much it actually cost, uh, costed us uh, in the long run. So it's, it was a bit of a, I was a bit blindsided, I have to say. We were able to get along and pay those, pay those costs, but I would have done better if I was fully prepared for the almost 3% I think we uh, ended up spending in closing costs. Great. So yeah, definitely hold some of your down payment money back for closing costs. 
Enoch, it's been great having you on the show. Before I let you, let you go, is there anything of interest that you're working on that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I do. Um, I am the editor for uh, Seven New Canadians, a personal finance blog uh, for Canadians. So on, on that blog, uh, anyone who is in, interested in how my home purchase uh, journey went and the d- details of or around uh, buying a home, uh, you can look up my blog and check the guides. I do have a guide, a uh, fairly ex- extensive guide, uh, about 10,000 words plus, on how to purchase a home in Canada for newcomers and everyone else. So that and as well as several other personal finance guides and topics and blogs uh, I have provided and I do provide on a regular basis on my blog and as well you can find some of that information when you if you follow my social media accounts as well uh, on Twitter I am on at Savvy Canadians and on Facebook I am on at Savvy Canadians as well. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Burn Your Mortgage podcast. Besides being a podcast host I'm also an independent mortgage broker If you or anyone you know, family, friends, co-workers, or neighbors could ever use any unbiased mortgage advice or a second opinion, feel free to reach out. Email me at sean, that's S-E-A-N, at burnyourmortgage.ca or call or text me at 647-867-3711 for a free mortgage consultation. Also, be sure to head on over to www.burnyourmortgage.ca and sign up for my free weekly newsletter. As a small token of my appreciation, you'll be able to download my ultimate mortgage checklist on choosing the perfect mortgage. I look forward to hearing from you and helping you with all your mortgage needs. Once again, Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Burn Your Mortgage Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating. Until next time, happy mortgage burning.